because we got the alternative energy. free autonomy. And welcome to the Radioactive Show, produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network. Hello and welcome. The Radioactive Show is produced on the unceded lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. My name is Lavanya. And this week we are bringing you interviews with Shirley Winton and Annette Brownlee from the Independent and Peaceful Australia Network. First up, we will hear Shirley Winton speak about the Genoa dock strike preventing shipment of arms to Saudi Arabia, where Italian dock workers and unions have gone on strike refusing to load weapons that they fear might be used against civil populations in Yemen. This interview is brought to you by Judith Peppard and Alice Golds from the Melbourne Breakfast Team and originally aired on the June 17 Breakfast Show. And now we're going to speak to Shirley from IPAN. Um, but firstly, Dean and Judith, did you know much about the Genoa strikes? Yeah, well, that I happened saw, in Italy. I saw that IPAN um, had sent out a, a press release about it, and I thought that's really interesting. But I'm sure you can tell us more. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, but I just, no. know, I just know that we had Oman at the start of the day. And now we're focusing on Yemen. Yes. Is, yeah. So the dock workers in um, northwest Italy in May went on strike and refused to load weapons on a Saudi ship, which was destined to, for war um, on the people of Yemen. And their message was, well, from what I understand, open the ports to people, close them to weapons, and that they will not be complicit in what's happening in Yemen. Um, so they've banded together and they went on strike. And Shirley Winton from IPAN, the Independent and Peaceful Australian Network, is um, is here to talk to us a little bit more about that. So hello, Shirley. You there? Yes, good morning. Hi. Good morning. Thank morning. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on today. So can you, um, can you firstly just go into a little bit more detail, uh, just briefly, about what IPAN's mission is? Okay, so firstly, good news story. Um, So IPAN is a broad network of peace, um, anti-war community organisations and unions campaigning for an independent and peaceful Australian foreign policy, not tied to any big powers' global interests like the US. And we're advocating for the removal of uh, all foreign military bases, um, US Marines in Darwin and ending... Australian involvement and support for US global wars. Some of our affiliates are advocating for Australia to end the US-Australia military alliance, which is the really the only and the main threat to Australia's peace and sovereignty. Mm. So, Thank you. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. Go on. That's all right. No, no, no. Um, so based on that, we were particularly um, interested and excited about the actions of the Genoa dock workers on um, 20th of May um, and we send them a message of um, solidarity um, or we send the union and the workers a message of solidarity. Mm. So um, basically um, as you had outlined um, on the 20th of May the Genoa dock workers in Italy refused to load weapons on the Saudi Arabian freighter Bari Yambul um, which were going to be used, are, going, are continuing to be used against the people of Yemen. Um, and the weapons included drones and propellers for, can- for cannons. 
And as you said, I called the, the unions and the community called for the Italian government to open the boards to people and close them to weapons. And I said, we won't be complicit in the, um, in the daily killing um, of um, tens of thousands of people um, in this war. Um, and, that will, and that we, meaning the, the unions and the community, will not be complicit in the arms trade. Mm. and the their senior man. Mm. And um, have they seen any responses for the strike in on May the 20th? Yes, yes, well, they succeeded. Um, so, um, interestingly, um, before this strike, um, in response to the public outcry, including the unions, the, um, to the shipment um, of weapons, the Italian government promised that only humanitarian aid would be loaded or shipped um, however, the dock workers didn't trust the government because um, no one really knew what was in containers, which containers um, carried so-called human aid and which were carrying weapons. So they refused to load any cargo on the Saudi freighter. On, on the Saudi freighter, um, the local community also—that's the community in Genoa—came out in support, and they had a blockade um, outside the port and also on the docks outside the Saudi freighter. And um, the, the, the Genoa workers are pledged that, or the dock workers, pledged that um, they will not go back to work until the, the freighter, the Saudi freighter, leaves the port of Genoa. And this forced the um, freighter to leave the port of Genoa without loading any of the, uh, any of the weapons that were destined um, for the war in Yemen. So it's a really good story. That's amazing, yeah. So they succeeded in their mission. Absolutely. Mm. And they're not the only ones who succeeded in, in that. Um, uh, maybe I should go back a couple of steps, but um, the, this this freighter, and this is not the only freighter that's carrying weapons to Saudi Arabia mm. to be used against Yemen, but this is one example. Um, the, so the loaded um, freighter, Bari Yambuz, started its journey at Sunny Point in the United States, which is the biggest uh, military terminal um, in the world. And it continued to England and then Belgium, where more arms were loaded. However, when it reached the port of Le Havre, I think it was on the 12th or 14th of May in France, it was met with protesting workers and communities. And um, this is in France, so they were, they were striking too? So, so they went on strike as well, mm. um, and succeeded in um, enforcing the, the freighter to leave without loading the, um, the weapons, which then proceeded to the port of uh, Genoa, where, again, it was um, prevented from loading the weapons and then went on to Spain. And our understanding is that they were forced to go to some remote um, military outpost um, uh, inaccessible to the public, um, where some of these um, where some of these weapons were being shipped to. Mm. And did this shipping line um, was that discovered by by journalists or something like that, or is it well known that this is a line that Saudi Arabia uses, and these are the the well known countries that are selling to Saudi Arabia? Well, it was a combination of both. In fact, there's a couple of journalists in France that are being charged with. Um, um, leaking information um, about um, the sale of arms to Saudi Arabia and they're facing trial and a possible 
um, jail sentence. And this is sounding like Australia, surely. <laughs> when, when people who leak are <laughs> taken. Well, that's right. And isn't that kind of, you know, you, you know, war and and oppression, fascism, that tend to go hand in hand. That's been the history. Mm. So the first casualty of any war in any war is the truth. Mm. So truth is being suppressed and it's happening right around the world. And that's why this action by the Genoa workers and the Aluha Ray port workers and the communities, the broader communities, are so important and so critical. Um, and um, and is Australia selling arms to Saudi Arabia? Yes, yes, Australia is, is selling arms in nineteen in sorry in twenty eighteen. Um, the government set up a defence export facility uh, with three point eight billion funds, um, offering to arms manufacturers, they're mainly multinationals like Lockheed Martin, um, Francis Tails, um, Northrop Group Grumman, the first, the top five weapons manufacturers and exporters, mainly most of them are American. Um, so the the um, there's 3.8 billion been allocated to arms manufacturers um, that are operating in Australia uh, for the export for the manufacture and export of arms to Saudi Arabia. And we had that recent um, revelation of the um, the previous government, well, the current government, the, the previous minister for defence, mm. um, um, making a deal um, with the Saudi Arabian government for the export of arms. So uh, it is. It is really. Um, it is very significant. But I should say that it's not. Ju- you know that Australian um, seafarers, the warfisted seafarers, also have a great history of refusing to load and crew boats, ships um, bound for war. So in 1938, people might know the Delfram strike in Port Campbell, where the um, port workers, uh, warfies, went on strike for three or four months refusing to load pig iron, which was being exported to Japan for the production of weapons in Mm. the war. Um, And then also during the Vietnam War, the waterside workers and seafarers refused to load and cruise ships to Japarit and Bunaru, which were destined with arms for for Vietnam. So there is a history. Um, The Genoa dock workers have also had that similar history. So it's positive and it's, you know, it gives us hope and also encouragement yeah it's a really positive story and Mm. and as you said it gives everybody encouragement and just is a message to anybody that you you can affect change and yeah if you're a community and you can band together and go on strike together then your voice can be heard well that's right and and another significant um event that took place in in france in le havre before the um the freighter docked at the port, um, is that the, um, the the community together with the unions there um, um, launched a legal bid to stop the freighter from loading weapons in the port. That's in Port of Le Havre in France. And that did not succeed with that legal challenge. Mm. But the strike action by dock, dock workers at Le Havre, together with the community protest, did succeed in stopping the loading of weapons. And I think there's a big message in that as well about about the you know reliance on on going through the courts um, without you know rather than um, mobilising communities and workers and doing that grassroots um, education. Yeah, 
Yeah, definitely. We're going to have to um, wrap it up, unfortunately, for now. But is there any last things that you just want to um, yes. say regarding IPAN? Yes, yes. Um, look, we've got two very important events happening in Victoria on the in Melbourne on the 4th of July, which is America's Independence Day. We're holding a public forum. That's IPAN Victoria holding a public forum titled Keep Australia Out of U.S. Wars and mm-hmm. it's um, for our independence from the U.S. And some of the key speakers will be um, Richard Tanter, Vince um, Capitera and um, Fiona um, McCandless. Um, that's a really important um, event and um, we'll be calling, we're saying or asking question of, um, you know, how the, um, the U.S. bases, how the U.S. Marines in Darwin and how the U.S.-Australian Alliance are, uh, are the threat to our peace, to Australia's peace and security. So that's on 4th of July at the at the Trades Hall. And then on the in August, the 2nd to the 4th of August, there's a major national conference, IPAN National Conference in Darwin, called um, Australia at the Crossroads for... Um, time for, again, time for um, independent foreign policy. And we're having key speakers there. Now, if people are interested in finding out more about us, I know there's not much time, mm. um, you can um, you can visit our website, that's www.ipan.org.au, um, and all the information is that's great thank you so much and we'll have a link to ipan um on our monday breakfast page on 3cr community radio station that was an interview with shirley winton from ipan brought to you by our melbourne breakfast team shirley spoke in detail about the genoa dock workers strike which has been successfully preventing shipment of arms to saudi arabia that fueled the saudi-led war in yemen and now to bring you some australia focused news from ipan i will play an interview i did with our IPAN's chairperson, Annette Brownlee. Annette talks to us about their campaign to get US troops out of bases in Darwin, as well as the promotion of an independent foreign policy for Australia and IPAN's upcoming national conference. Hello, Annette, and thank you for coming on to the Radioactive Show. Thanks for inviting me, Lavanya. So earlier today, uh, I played a interview with Shirley Winton from IPAN talking about the Genoa dock strike. But just to review yes. for our listeners, um, can you tell us a brief background on IPAN and your role in IPAN and what IPAN's objectives are and what they seek to achieve? Yeah, IPAN's been um, in existence as a national peace network for eight years now. Um, we were... Uh, stimulated to form the network because the announcement was made that um, we would be hosting United States Marines on a rotational, permanent basis in the Northern Territory. And uh, this sounded alarm bells for um, people across the country, not just people in the peace movement, but many, many people. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the first time in Australia's history that outside of wartime, that we have um, allowed another country to base their uh, military forces on, on our land. So it's, it's mm-hmm. really a very significant um, development. And what started with a number of individuals and smaller organisations over the period of six months or so 
um, mm-hmm. grew into the network now, which has 50 or 60 organisations represented. And uh, we've been hosting uh, national conferences where various issues that um, relate to our lack of peace and independence have been discussed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my role in it has been from the uh, outset. I come from Brisbane and we have a local peace group here uh, called Just Peace. Mm-hmm. Just Peace was one of the organisations that started the network. Many Australians are unaware that the airfields in Darwin are routinely occupied by armed soldiers of the US. And at the moment, from your website, I saw that there's about 2,500 US troops that are stationed in Darwin under the US Force Posture Initiative. Can you tell us more about what this initiative entails and what are the implications for regional peace? Yeah, the stationing of the Marines was what was announced by Barack Obama and Julia Gillard in, in 2011. Mm-hmm. It has become obvious that it is not just ground troops. Marines are only a part of the build-up in mm-hmm. the Northern Territory. More, perhaps even more significantly, uh, there's significant U.S. Air Force to, uh, build-up at the various bases in um, Tyndall and at Darwin Airport itself. Mm-hmm. Our concern is that when you look at a map of the Pacific, you will notice the um, surrounding or encirclement of China that exists uh, from South Korea to Okinawa to Guam and down to Darwin. So it's been you know, a deliberate strategy over many, many years for uh, America to have this build-up in the Pacific region. Um, uh-huh. When um, Obama made the announcement about the Marines coming to Bris- to uh, Australia, um, it, it was at the same time that he was announcing the Pacific pivot. And uh, you don't need to really uh, have much um, awareness to, to understand that there is huge rivalry going on for status in the world mm-hmm. between America and China and uh you know, when we look at America's history of war making, you know, they are the greatest threat to our survival, mm-hmm. economic, military and environmentally. This uh, nation has got a very bad track record and uh, we uh, have no um, reassurance that the United States forces in the Northern Territory are anything but aggressive and of great concern to us as Australians. Yeah, so how much... I know that, like, so Australia is aiding and abetting and um, enabling this sort of rivalry that China and the US have, but how much authority or control does the Australian government actually have over these US military forces that are currently stationed in Darwin? Well, virtually none. We've given away uh, a chunk of our territory Mm -hmm. and um, we haven't um, mandated that we have any say at all over their actions, um, mm-hmm. planned or unplanned. And uh, th- that in itself is uh, not only a huge worry, but it's a huge insult to us as a nation mm-hmm. that we would allow another country to set itself up on our land and not have any say over how they behave, what sort of engagements they uh, would undertake militarily. And uh, all things considered, obviously, we would be dragged along with them. We've just got to look at our history and how we have um, 
have done that repeatedly since the Second World War. Australia has followed the United States military activity willingly and um, that's a whole other question as to why we continue to do that. Mm-hmm. So there's two questions that lead on from that. So firstly, your US troops out of Darwin uh, campaign, which is one of your currently running campaign, is that right? Yes, that's correct. That's our primary objective. Um, uh, we do have... You know, other um, campaigns that flow from that, looking at the consequences of our close relationship, mostly militarily, with the United States. That's what it's costing us as a, as a people living in mm-hmm. this country. Yeah, absolutely. And um, how can people be involved in this campaign? Well, first and foremost, we'd love people to come to the conference. Conferences mm-hmm. um, offer people not only information, they um, bring people together and who are like-minded, who have a similar concerns and a desire to be actively working towards a safer mm-hmm. and more peaceful world. So coming along to the conference is really valuable. I mean, mm-hmm. we have a fantastic lineup of speakers. Um, our international speaker is coming from Guam, Lisa, Dr. Lisa Natividad. Guam has been in the thick of um, American military occupation, really, since the Second World War. Um, Post-Second World War, they were occupied by the United States forces, and they've never left. They conducted their bombing sorties into Vietnam from Guam, and now the uh, Air Force planes, that um, part of the U.S. Air Force, uh, they fly intermittently between Guam and Australia. They practice refuelling over Northern Territory regions. And this interoperability that has been so desired, really, by the United States is well and truly um, established uh, so that our military is virtually another wing of the United States military. So getting involved is really what it's all about. If we don't mm-hmm. come together, we, we will not effect change and change is necessary. Our very survival is threatened by this out of control US military state and you know when you think about the other major challenge that we've got for our future for my grandson's future that of climate change how on earth Mm -hmm. do we we really manage this monumental challenge of climate change if we're still spending trillions of dollars on weapons of war. You know, if, you, if you're scared about climate change, and we are, and we should be, mm-hmm. then um, look at the role that the military is playing in preventing us from addressing that in any really significant way. Yeah, it's interesting how all these issues always end up being interconnected, like how um, the impacts, how we're supporting a global network of military bases, and, and one of the main reasons is we don't have an independent foreign policy, and that's why it's really important to uh, be look at IPAN's work and go to the conference if our listeners can. Conference is being held in Darwin this year, and can you give yes. us some more details and how people can register and um, what's going to be talked about? Yeah, sure. The um, uh, it's the first weekend in August that the conference is on, and um, it's going to run from Friday night, the second of August, uh, with a public meeting in the uh, Charles Darwin University Waterfront Campus. Saturday and Sunday, the conference will hear from people like Lisa Natividad, but many others, um, including academics from various universities, uh, Professor Susan Harris-Rimmer from Griffith University, 
Dr. Vince Scapatura from Macquarie University. Vince has just written in a, uh, the whole issue of nuclear weapons. Uh, ICANN, the international campaign to abolish nuclear weapons, will have representatives there speaking at the conference, mm-hmm. as well as um, Dr. Margie Beavis from the Medical Association for Prevention of War. He'll be talking about the the, the costs, the impact of um, militarism on on Australian people. And there's a, a strong union presence as well from the Maritime Union of Australia, which have such a long history of making peace union business from mm-hmm. the from the uh, Vietnam War through to now. You know, and you heard from Shirley talking about the the dock workers in Genoa. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's so important that we have unions involved. They still do carry a lot of weight, and they represent working people's interests. So um, a great lineup of speakers. Um, there will also be a protest happening on Saturday afternoon at the Robertson Barracks, uh, which is where the Marines are stationed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we we want people there. We want people to gather and to um, to voice their opinions about this military build-up on our on our land. That is not in our interest as a nation. Great. Thanks, Annette. And that sounds like an old-style lineup and a very jam-packed two days. Um, thank you yeah. for coming onto the show and sharing your really important but brief insights. And if people – I'm definitely more interested to learn about all the issues that you talked about. And um, there are a lot of events happening all the time. So is the best way to learn more about IPAN to start from the website and find all the related events? Absolutely, yes. Just just go to the website. It's all in the one place that way. Okay, great. And that's ipan.org.au. That's it, Lavanya. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. That was an interview with Annette Brownlee, Chairperson for the Independent and Peaceful Australian Network, also known as IPAN. Annette talked about their campaign to get US troops out of Australia and IPAN's upcoming conference in Darwin on the first weekend of August. The conference will cover more on Australia's need and a pathway to an independent foreign policy. To get involved and register, go to www.ipan.org.au slash event slash conference 2019. And for our interested Melbourne listeners, IPAN is also hosting a public forum on keeping Australia out of US wars on the 4th of July at the Victorian Trades Hall from 6.30 to 8.30pm. More details on the IPAN website. I would like to thank Annette and Shirley Winton for appearing on our show today, as well as Judith Peppard and Alice Golds from the Monday Breakfast team for bringing us the interview with Shirley. This has been the Radioactive Show, produced in the studios of 3CR on Wurundjeri Country and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network. We would like to thank the ACE Collective of Friends of the Earth Melbourne for their continued support. You can podcast our show by going to 3cr.org.au, find us on Facebook or leave a message at 3CR on 03 8377. I'm Lavanya. Thanks for listening and keep tuning in for more nuclear-free news and views.